You're tuning into episode 140 of your favorite podcast, The Dawson D Show. Thanks again for your company as always. Of course, remember to subscribe and follow us on our socials in the show notes so you never miss any of the action. Now, on this episode, we welcome back one of our favorite past guests of the show, the wonderful and sometimes controversial Catherine Lyle. Catherine is a porn addiction expert and the founder of Integrated Men's Health. Whether it's overcoming porn addiction, erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation or other sexual health concerns, Catherine is a go-to person to heal. But since we last spoke with her, she now also works with women, couples and teenagers who may have dealt with sexual abuse or intimacy issues and that's really what we covered today. Last time we chatted with Catherine, we covered a range of issues, but really focused on what porn does to your brain and the effects it has long term. You can listen to that one on episode 59, by the way. Today, though, we focused more on a holistic approach between the genders. We really dived into the dating world and what a sex life should really be like. She shared how often a person should be masturbating and what orgasm should really feel like. And trust me, some of the answers will shock you. Catherine has written an incredibly comprehensive book about the dangers of porn and how it can shape your life, so there's no better person to speak to about addiction. We covered how it becomes addiction so quickly and what defines it, why premature ejaculation and erectile dysfunction is linked directly with it, and the rapidly growing epidemic of sexual abuse cases. But on the flip side, we heard about the amazing outcomes of working on this and the new levels a person can go to, in Catherine's words, becoming a sex god. As always, when we chat with Catherine, we learn so much and it's never without jaw-dropping moments. Please be advised though, this is quite a graphic episode, so if you do have young kids around, you may want to revisit it when they're not within earshot. Alright everybody, let's get into it with the unbelievable Catherine Lyle. Steve, we've got a returning guest. I love returning guests on the Dawson D Show. This time in person. I know. Our first time interviewing this lovely woman was over Zoom a while ago now, but we were like, we are due to catch up in person and talk all things hair industry today. Catherine Lyle, welcome back to the Dawson D Show. Thank you very much. <laughs> Catherine, we, the first time we interviewed you, we got enormous reactions. Yeah. Positive. Yeah. Uh, a few people did question as well. There was a bit of controversy, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. Yep. But for the new audience, because our audience is quite bigger now. Tell yep. us a little bit about you and what you do. Sure. So I'm in Melbourne um, with you guys, which is really cool, but I do a lot of stuff online. So about 50% of my clients are online. So if anyone's watching now and you want to know, you know, if we can help you, then we can. Um, I'm a kinesiologist. I've been doing that for nearly 20 years. Um, a transformational coach, energy healer, kundalini specialist, massage therapist. You know, there's a, there's a number of energy kind of modalities there. Uh, I'm an author as well, and I now teach kinesiology and massage. So I'm a teacher, so which is really cool. And then I guess the first time we spoke to you, a big part of your education and what you were doing during that phase was a lot to do with you know men's health and, and yep. men's addiction to pornography. Yeah. And then now that's kind of transitioning into men and women's health, isn't it? Yes. So I've been a men's health and porn addiction specialist for 10 years as the niche. And uh, over that time, I've made sure that I didn't treat women unless they were friends or long-term clients because it, it was kind of felt like it was a betrayal for the for the men for me to be you know treating the women and and helping them when the men needed the attention first so I did specialize in that for a while but in the last 12 months we're swinging the business around to we're seeing um, a lot of teenagers come through that have been sexually abused by their peers whether it be primary school kindergarten high school um, the one-on-one sexual abuse between kids has gone up 400% in Australia so I've swung the business around to working with teenage girls who have been sexually 
sexually assaulted as well as partners of porn addiction and I'm working with couples as well and also just women want to just work on everything so you know people come in with one thing but you end up working Mm. on everything so still working with the porn addiction the women are a bit slow in coming forward with porn addictions. They they haven't quite acknowledged it as an addiction, although every time I've treated a couple, a lot of the times the women are actually watching it as well. So, so swinging the business around to a lot more teaching, speaking, kind of getting out there out of my treatment room and, and speaking mm. to more people because this is so important and everyone needs to, you know, have a look at this. The reason why I've swung towards the women is we can only help the men to a certain degree. And in, in a relationship, if they're not speaking to their partners and I know they're not because I've asked every single man that's come in have you told your partner just what you've told me and they're like no the single guys aren't speaking about their erectile dysfunction and so we've got a another epidemic I guess on our hands where there's a lack of communication and so you know we want guys to be able to speak to the women about this but the women are getting triggered like you would not believe they're breaking up with them they're like you've betrayed me you know it's it's seen as cheating and you know the women aren't reacting too well to this because they don't understand it so it's really important that they understand it and that's what I'm doing now is is educating women as well we're going to dissect into all of those topics yep. but let's start with what is porn addiction so porn addiction is surprising to a lot of people because they don't associate with the word addiction um, or addict and we never use the word porn addict because of that reason. If you're watching it once a month or more, you actually fall into the category of having a porn addiction and that's because once a month or more is considered as regular, regular is considered as an addiction and the textbook definition of uh, addiction as psychology is if you can't go without something for a month, then you then you have an addiction. Right. Now, the reaction to that is from everyone is, well, we're all addicted to everything and we are, but that doesn't mean it's okay. Just like alcohol, you know, people are drinking every night. They don't consider themselves as alcoholics, but for me, I don't, I don't drink. And so to me that is, so it's just, it's, it's all about perception uh, out in that world. Whereas I work in the scientific research world and it's really important that guys know that if they're doing it once a month or more, then we, we have to take a look at this. If they've been doing it for 10, 20, 30, 50, you know, I treat guys in their 80s. So we're looking at 60, 70-year porn addictions for men who are only masturbating once a month but watching porn once a month and they stand there stomping their feet saying, I, I don't know, lady, I do not have a porn addiction. I'm like, you've been watching it for 55 years. How can you not consider this as, you know, and so we start to use the word Porn has been an influence in your life for 50, 60 years. Yeah. How would it feel to not have porn as an influence in your life? And then they start to, oh, okay, I start to get that now. These guys aren't masturbating without it. That's why they fall into mm. that category. If you're watching porn once a month and you're masturbating seven days a week, then you don't have a porn addiction. But if you're watching it once a month and masturbating only that one time, then you absolutely have a reliance on it. Okay. So that's the the frequency question. And then the actual addiction itself is uh, it's a neural addiction. So it's not a sex addiction like everyone thinks it is. There's a lot of people in this industry that don't, that don't know these things. So when you watch porn, pretend you're a 17-year-old, you've got a smartphone, you're going to watch it every single day probably once that chemical reaction starts to mm. occur. 
And the chemicals are the oxytocin, serotonin, and dopamine uh, are the main ones. And then you've got your opiates and your tunnel vision. So dopamine is the one that everyone kind of knows about. So it's your novelty drug, right? It's I like what I see and I want to see more of it. And the dopamine addiction is our phone addiction. It's all the little red numbers that pop up. Um, it's the addiction to, you know, getting text messages. Even though we're busier than ever, we still you know, go round and round and round until it pops up, another message, another message. And that's that little kind of someone loves me, someone's paying me attention, you know, um, gaming. There's a lot of dopamine addiction in gaming. It's the addiction to the feeling, I guess, that that the stimulus provides. If you watch porn and don't masturbate ever, it's a different addiction to if you couple the masturbation with it. You create a bigger fireworks display by adding pleasure into any activity, right? And so the dopamine receptors get worn out over time because the porn you watched, I don't know, 10 years ago or the first time you watched porn isn't doing that same thing to you now. So you keep pushing to get more stimulus, more stimulus and wearing those dopamine receptors out. The oxytocin is the love drug. It's the bonding kind of hormone that women experience when they give birth so that they can Mm. have another child and not be, you know, put off by a giving birth to a watermelon Uh, (laughs) you've got the um oxytocin is when you pat your pets it's when your children hug you it's when you make love so all the guys on tinder are actually addicted to oxytocin as well as the dopamine of the thrill of the catch or the chase there's this oxytocin and men are trying to heal through sex through this love connection but they don't realize that's what they're doing on tinder if they're doing it all the time the oxytocin is the one i'm working more in now because it affects relationships so the oxytocin means you're bonding to the acts that you're actually watching which is the problem if you were watching them and you weren't bonding to them then it wouldn't be as big a problem but when you bond to those and your subconscious mind which is 95 percent of the mind it's where all the fuckery the experiences the memories the the perceptions the sabotages sit the subconscious mind if you are experiencing a chemical reaction in your body when you're watching something whether it's a movie and you're crying and there's a dog dying in a fire or you know watching porn if your body's experiencing a chemical reaction then the subconscious mind thinks it's happened to you right so not only are you bonding to it your brain thinks it happened to you so this is why guys are turning to their partner and seeing vanilla sex or not being attracted to her or not being able to get it up mm. because there's this brain thing happening over here that means that nothing you do over here will be satisfying or exciting enough or, you know, even connected enough. The other thing you experience is serotonin. Serotonin is the happy hormone. It's if you're depressed, you're lacking in serotonin. The opiates are the feel-good chemicals, the endorphins that go off in the brain. You've got your tunnel vision that happens and anyone that's been masturbating when their mum comes home (laughs) will understand tunnel vision Um, or someone that's depressed, anxiety, ADHD, autism. They will go into the tunnel more often than guys that don't have those things. The tunnel being where the opiates and all the endorphins and all the chemicals are happening and that's the only time they feel that because every other time they're stressed, anxious, depressed, whatever. Mm. So they'll watch porn for longer periods of time normally, like two, three, four hours kind of thing, go down, go into the tunnel. So porn addiction is the chemicals and hormones are the hit, the drug hit, and then you have a crash. So the hit is the... You know, it's exactly the same as a drug addiction. So it's the coke addiction high and then the hit and the crash is like the next day or the release of the chemicals and hormones. So you've got this hit, crash, hit, crash. Now the brain can't 
survive in that mode, but it does because we adapt. And so the brain starts to change itself and the neural pathways start to change. And what it's doing is it's adapting to this high that you're having, right? And so the brain changes itself here. You need more chemicals. The brain changes itself here, goes up a level. You need more chemicals. And so this is why the dopamine receptors are being worn out because you need another level to satisfy yourself. It's like anyone that's taken drugs. You know, I used to hear all the time in our friendship group, unless you're on five substances, you know, it's it's no good. And the more that you go out and take drugs, the more less interesting it becomes and the more drugs you need to make it more exciting. It's exactly the same as porn. So that's what a porn addiction is. It's an addicted, the brain is addicted to itself. When we talk about porn and how it affects someone's sex life, I'd love you to touch on if there's any statistics or numbers, especially in particular for young males, those who watch porn frequently and have a porn addiction, so they watch it once a month and masturbate to it. How many of those would, would suffer from erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation. Yeah, so it's nearly been 100% in my research. I've only met, I actually met one today, so it's two people. (laughs) I've met two men that had erectile dysfunction that wasn't caused by porn. So even the guys that are smoking, you know, drink a lot, their age, they're older, medications also affect uh, erectile function. So antidepressants and blood pressure meds are the the two main ones. And then you've got diabetes as well, the meds on those. Those are the three kind of things that can affect erectile function. But of those men, they were all watching porn. So when we got them off porn, their erectile function returned. And Mm. that's how we know. About 50% of the guys that have come in don't know they have erectile dysfunction, right? And you go, well, how do they not know? It's because they're masturbating every single time with porn and then when they have sex, they're either doing it quickly or they're touching themselves during it or or whatever. So they're not aware of it until we give them masturbation homework and then they start to realise that there's a problem. Mm. So it's it's almost 100%. It's it's like 96, 97% of the men that I've seen. What is premature ejaculation? Like how quick is that to classify as that? Well, that's the thing. Um, You go to a doctor (laughs) (laughs) and they don't even know. They don't, um, you know, I'd love to know how long doctors have actually studied this at uni because the referrals of the people that I speak to, it's, it's just ridiculous. They're just handing out Viagra to guys in their 20s is very common now. 27, wow. 27 is an age that we've, I've been watching for a while. And today I did a video on it actually. Um, those guys, when I was doing this 10 years ago, I mean, they were 17. And so smartphones came out in 2009. Mm. And so we're starting to see the results of 10 years of watching porn oh, on okay. smartphones. They're all on Viagra. They can't get it up. Um, or if they're not suffering erectile dysfunction, they're about to. So it, it's... Even guys that have been watching it, say, 10 years ago, they watched it regularly, but now they're starting to experience erectile dysfunction. It can creep up on you that way as well. But the premature ejaculation, in my definition, after working with you know over 5,000 men in person, is if it's under a minute, we consider it premature ejaculation, but the average for an Australian man is two to five minutes. All right? mm. So it's very close to – I mean, everyone wants to last longer – um, and so we can help every guy with that. But I have met men that you, you know, that you, they just get touched 
and they just go off. Yeah, I shared a story about that not that long ago. <laughs> did <laughs> well, we have an was, experience? <laughs> well, well, he was 18. It was his yeah. first time. But, oh, uh, 18. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's an American Pie situation. Yeah, it, it was Jim. <laughs> I said that. I said, that's American Pie for you. Yeah. and it everybody, can, everybody listening has been yeah. there at some stage. Yeah. Sure. yeah. And yeah. the thing is, it can hap- that can happen at, at a massage. Like um, when, when a Chinese massage where they're like digging in your groin and stuff, it can actually set off um, ejaculation, especially really? men, men that have, you know, that mm. issue. The worst cases of guys that I see are so embarrassed because they can't go anywhere. They can't get a massage. They can't go anywhere that is slightly like there's touch or really? even if it's non-sensual. Yeah, yeah, like Asian people with the elbows in wow. the groin and stuff and they're ejaculating. Yeah. Wow. So there's there's some medical stuff going on or biological stuff but also porn addiction can mm. create – that oversexed kind of situation where it's really, really embarrassing for them or they can't get a massage without getting an erection and, you know, I've been in this field for a long time and I, I often speak to people in the mass, the women in the massage industry that post forever, you know, this guy came in and he got an erection and I'm so offended and, oh, you know, all yeah, that stuff and they they really don't cope with it and I've always been on the, on the guy's side saying, it's just a natural reaction. Just as long as they're not being creepy about it, mm. just move on. Like because that's I think that's what you said last time. That's how it should be, right? Yeah. Like in terms of you said, I, I remember you saying that guys should get an erection when kissing. Yes. Yep. Yeah. If you can't, if you're not getting erect through that energy exchange and the pheromones and the chemistry and whatever, then there's there's something wrong. Now, if there's something wrong, may not be your actual penis isn't working or whatever. It could be that the, the chemistry is not there and you're just kissing for the sake of kissing or you're picking up or, you know, whatever. So, yeah, it's a thing. The whole world needs to be more accommodating for men, boys on trains and buses who are getting erections and, like, just stop. Society seems like they're more comfortable if you urinated on the table because it's a medical situation than a guy ejaculating or, or getting an erection so yeah. why do you think the reaction of women you mentioned at the beginning was oh my god my partner watches porn yeah what what why is that reaction and why do guys tend to hide it so i've asked every single man that came in to see me have you told my have you told your partner does your partner know oh my partner knows i watch porn okay does your partner know what you just told me that you're watching in the car that it's every day that it's at work that you know, it's become, um, you know, you're now cheating on your partner and, and things like that. Of course not. There was one man that said that he did tell his partner, but that was just before he came to see me and that was for that reason. Most guys that see me do not tell their partner they've come to see me or they've sought out help or they're doing the programs and we're working with how to actually change that because you do need your partner on board she's blaming herself for all your erection issues that that's just a hands down and I know that 100% been there myself every girl I speak to the guys try and explain it now so that's part of the programs is like I want you to have a conversation about erectile function don't worry about the porn for now but talk about the erectile dysfunction and they just can't. They're too embarrassed. Um, I work with couples in their 70s and they're still not talking about it. And I have to get them, which is quite interesting and funny. Not funny for them, but it takes them like six weeks <laughs> to open their mouth about, you know, and the partners don't don't know that they have porn addiction or they're addicted to porn that they're not that they're watching it. There's a guide I've got on my website that helps men have that conversation with their partner in an open and loving way 
where you acknowledge that she's going to be triggered probably or she's not going to get it. It's, it's, it normally swings either way. They either overreact because they feel betrayed and cheated on and whatever. Not that it's an overreaction because that is a big deal. The biggest thing we find with admitting porn addiction is that you lied. Hmm. That you lied about having any addiction. So it could have been ice, it could have been gambling, it could have been anything. The fact that you didn't or the person didn't know that the person that they're sleeping with, eating with, living with has been doing this all the time is the biggest betrayal. It's not so much because they don't kind of understand the porn stuff and that's why we're teaching the women as well. Mm. Do you think younger women, so probably under the age of say 30, are more accepting of guys that watch porn? So yeah. I've had that conversation with so many like girls just in just out of intrigue yeah how often do you watch porn how often do you watch porn and yeah it's, it's so normalized yeah and we're finding the girls have grown up you know guys your age we're, we're seeing that a lot of the girls around your age is it's been normal because you know what we're finding now is very unfortunate is the girls are being penetrated at school they're doing you know they're having anal sex before they've even kissed a guy there's there's no consent there's no boundaries there's no conversations happening around that because there's so much porn and the kids are watching it at such a young age that the boys are watching it, they're showing the girls, the girls are watching it, they're getting addicted or they're just normalising it because no one knows any different because the parents aren't teaching them um, sex ed. Mm. So all they've got to go by is this is what we do, this is what sex is, this is how it's meant to go and they, they go through with it. So we are seeing a lot more women coming through with porn addictions and couples that don't think they're addicted, but they watch it together, and it's and it's becoming more normalised. That seems very common now. Yeah, yeah, but so is sexual abuse. Sexual, like, you know, I'll ask someone, "Have you ever been sexually abused?" And they say no. And then later on in my form, there's a bit more conversation that happens around that, and they're like, "Oh, there was this one time. Hang on, there was this other time, and then oh, this other guy." And it's like you hadn't even flagged it as sexual assault or abuse or molestation or whatever you want to call it. So in that scenario, what, what like what would some of those not necessarily questions, but what are some of those instances that girls would, wouldn't think that it would be sexual abuse, but that you talk to them and then they all of a sudden go, wait a second. Like yeah. what are some of those examples? Well, the funny thing is when I wrote a chapter in my book about this, I called it Every Tom, Dick and Harry, and I thought I'm going to be really brave and talk about my experiences with that. I've never dated anyone. Well, there was one guy that watched porn, but – Everyone thinks that I'm a woman scorned, uh, that I've been through this, you know, been on the other end of this. I haven't. I've, I've just been coming at it from a practitioner point of view. But when I looked back as I was writing this book, this is why I dumped the book as soon as I'd written it. It was quite traumatic to, to revisit all of that for myself. And I sat there and I wrote this chapter and every single paragraph, the man who did this, the man who did this, and it all started kind of coming back to me. And it's stuff that you just move on from. Um, going on dates is very risky and that's where not all the time but certain women and certain men are getting into very risky situations. This is where they don't consider it sexual assault or sexual abuse. So they'll be asked to do something or the man will, you know, there was someone the other day, the man exposed himself. She'd gone there to go on a date to his house, right? That, that's the number one rule. Yeah. You don't do that. <laughs> Mm. Man or woman, I've heard lots of men talk about this as well, where they were sexually assaulted, where their husband was in the cupboard, like they were asked to do things that, you know, they, they didn't want to do. And this is the thing. People aren't clear on their boundaries. They're not clear on what they do and don't want to do. 
with anyone and then they get into these situations and I've been in them myself where one thing leads to another and you're kind of like you're there you accepted the invitation you went there you know you started kissing so it's like you kind of gave the green light all the yeah. way and then it, things just go horribly wrong and then next minute you're, you're trying to get out of there now I've got a lot of teenagers coming in to see me and there's a lot of first times happening so they're virgins they're catching up with 22 year olds it's all you know online stuff and I'm like, wow, we. So there's a lot of crossing of boundaries that people are doing, male and female, that people are not stopping, not considering. And we all know the legal system or the police system doesn't support male or female mm. that are sexually abused. It's re-traumatizing and going through that process, it just isn't worth it. So people internalize it. And then when you internalize it, you start to attract the same kind of vibration or energy and a lot of the kids that sorry a lot of the adults that have been sexually abused as kids have been multiple there's multiple times multiple assailants that have abused them all throughout their life and you start to see that common factor because when you don't have a self-esteem and someone does something to you that's when it gets into a gray area mm. well it's yeah and it's interesting because i think especially from men's perspective of what i when I was going through early 20s, starting to go into more dating and that kind of thing, like the general consensus around it or the talking points was as a man, like A, you have to lead into actions. Like if you want to turn a woman on, like on a first date, not saying at your house, but it might be at a dinner date or something, you have to start leading. So you have to start touching at some point. You have to kiss her when she doesn't expect it. You have to stand out. You can't be this nice guy or this simp that waits till the end and then you go for the kiss so there's all this like information and now in the age of social media and tiktok and short form video that we get glimpses of this information would you say that that is almost as dangerous to the information that's being put out on social media platforms as even going on to porn sites yep and i think um you know they say when you go on a, a date not to come across as you're interviewing but the way i teach it is most people go on online dates now and you have a conversation or 50 conversations for either a week or a month. That is when you need to get to know someone. That is when you ask those questions, you know, do you watch porn? And um, I've asked guys, you know, trying to hide what I do from men on the dating scene. For 14 years I was doing that and but asking lots of questions and if you don't ask the questions then you don't get the answers and then you can't make a decision about this person. Can now, I quickly ask, just yeah. to jump in, sorry, when you ask a man that question, yeah. does that does his initial reaction think that you are kinky yep. and you want to watch porn with him? Yeah, okay. I'm thinking if I'm on Tinder and a girl says, hey, do you want to watch porn? I'm like, yeah. okay, this is going yeah. Really quickly, like in yeah. the right direction. Yeah, like, so obviously yeah, I don't ask that. going where we want it to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Obviously I don't ask that straight away. No, 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 no. no but I'm You interested. know, ask their name. <laughs> you know, what are your hobbies? And, yeah, what are your know. hobbies? Yeah, what do you yeah. like to do in your spare time where Before really I'm just waiting. favourite categories and actresses, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, I say, you know, can I just uh, – they ask me what I do, right? And that's a filter question and I just say I'm a, a porn addiction specialist, right? So normally the okay. reaction to that statement, they either – freak out they say 
I didn't even know that was a thing or they laugh, right? And um, or some guys say, you know, there was one guy that made a comment saying, I know, you know, the last sex you had was the guy that fingered you when you were in high school or something and you probably watched porn. And I hadn't even spoken to this guy. So I made sure that no Jeez. one knew what I did before they spoke to me because of that reason. Um, you know, I've copped a lot of shit over the years because of it. Partner now, got to, got to engage. Got Congratulations. A ring on it. <laughs> that, that is a big change since yeah. your last story. That yeah, is a yeah, big yeah. Nice ring. Well. Yes. Yeah. So we can talk about this now in hindsight and it's and it's kind of funny. But, yeah, I, I got a lot of, you know, do you watch porn? And they're like, oh, I love it. Yeah. And I go, awesome. See you later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because they think I'm, I'm, you know, wanting to know, you know, and they ask a lot of sexual questions. Men ask a lot of sexual, sexual questions online. Um, it just turned to shit. The whole dating scene turned to shit probably 10 years ago. It used to be genuine people looking for interactions after coming out of marriages and not having any mm. single friends and, you know, all of that. And now it's just turned into do you squirt? Where do you like a guy to come? Like, you know, all this stuff. You're like, yeah, and my name is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, there's a lot of advice out there about men leading. So we talk about toxic masculinity and mm-hmm. divine masculinity and there's a big difference, right? So if you're leading on a date, you are maybe opening doors, you're booking the, you know, the restaurant and I wouldn't go so far as ordering for her, especially on first date, you know, you might lead in that way in confidence. But when it comes to consent, you always have to have that conversation. Asking if you can kiss her rather than surprising her with a kiss. Trust me, I've been at my car a million times just awkwardly just trying to get in the car mm. and, and not knowing whether to kind of kiss them on the cheek or, you know, it's that awkward like mm. overview of the date. Well, that was really nice. Thank you. You know, and I always <laughs> teach guys, don't ask, don't put someone on the spot and say, will you see me again? Because she's standing at the car. It's dark. It's, you know, and she's feeling vulnerable or whatever and you've just put her on the spot and and the go-to reaction, and I know this is not great in society, is if I say no, there's going to be a confrontation. If there's a confrontation, that could lead to, you know, all number of things. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It just, but what the part that I find, this is the flip side of it, devil's advocate, is I reckon every single girl that I've ever been out with, nearly they all said, if you didn't kiss me on the first date, there wouldn't have been a second date. I'd assume we're friends. So how would you... I think as you get older, it changes a little bit. Um, I went through a phase where I was like, I I was very set on, you can feel it straight away and you know straight away. And, you know, if you're not wanting to kiss them straight away, then it's not there. And so I did a bit of an experiment of probably trying not to judge people too much and, and, you know, tick all the boxes and stuff. So I ended up, you know, dating this guy and I'm like, I'm going to give it three dates before I like trying it. And no, it's not there. Right. And so... Not so much if you didn't kiss me on the first date, it wouldn't have happened. It's like if it doesn't happen on the first date, it normally isn't going to happen. Okay. Because the chemistry is not there. Mm-hmm. Unless, you know, it's a day date, right? Yeah. And you're okay. at lunch and you're, and you're saying goodbye. You're not going to kiss no. a guy in public that you just met, but you're going to get straight on your phone and start texting. You know, that was amazing. And, and you just go to and fro and you're just talking all night yeah. and, you know, that type of thing. So So chemistry doesn't have to be – Physical, you know, there's this whole concept of 
revealing things slowly as well. And as a woman, you know, men like to chase, but then there's a whole lot of men out there that are just chasing, 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 and they're not following through. They're not committing. They're not, you know, so women are taught to um, soften and to let a man lead. And so we have the same problem as you guys is everyone's fucking confused about what do I do? What do I not do? There's a whole lot of women, especially single mums. So fast forward into their thirties and forties who are coming from the masculine because they're so used to taking the bins out, doing all the work, being the mum and the dad. And so they go on a date and they're like, right, how come you haven't organised everything? (laughs) And, you know, they're very masculine. And so this is the divine masculine will lead from a place of love, let's say, not from a place of toxic masculinity, which is I've got to get in her pants and I've got to do it now. And if I can't get in her pants, there's another girl tomorrow night. That's toxic masculinity. Yeah, and women can feel that. Wait change that <laughs> women who go, who are conscious in their conscious feminine their divine feminine they they can smell a rat and this is what i'm trying to encourage people to do is smell the rat and see the red flags male and female way before you actually meet them in person and it's very easy people will show you who they are straight away yeah. on on text they'll they'll just they'll be controlling they'll ask weird questions and so i've taught the teenagers especially feel into your body if you start to pull a face at someone's comment feel into what that is what is mm. that what is that what is that emoji on your face right now it's like oh my god oh but i'm going to go out on a date with him I had girlfriends that would be, oh, this guy, yeah, it was, it was okay. He was kind of okay. He kind of picked his nose and he farted and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, great. Okay, no going there again. Oh, no, I'm seeing him next week. And it's like, <laughs> oh, my God. So it's about people's boundaries and their self-esteem and how desperately they want to fulfill a need, whether it's sex or a relationship. And they'll try and fit whoever it is, the round peg in a square hole. Mm. And, yeah, so we want to teach people to back off be willing to walk away from any business meeting, date, whatever. Be the prize. Know your value and look for someone that matches that kind of frequency, I guess. What is porn doing to, I guess, so young people, guys and girls, they're in high school, they're virgins, they think they're on the verge of maybe having sex for the first time. Yeah. And in my head, I'm instantly just thinking about guys, right? So you watch porn. And the stuff that happens in porn is just not what happens in the in real life in the bedroom. Whether it comes to, I think we talked about it last time, pulling hair or choking or these things that guys go into the bedroom and they just do it because, yeah, like you, you said you before, you where, where do I come? Like, yeah, it's, it's well, I say it's not paintball. Whenever yeah. they used to ask me that, I'd say <laughs> yeah. it's not paintball. What yeah. are we even talking about right now? Yeah. You come in the condom, and they're like, what? You know, yeah. and it's like, wow, okay. And I, you, you have to start joking about it because you, it's, it's they're serious. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like how do you actually, yeah. you know. So the teenagers, it's it's hard because it is they're conditioned to either – and the women are seeing it now, right? So back in my day, girls were not watching porn, right? They're still not watching porn. My other there are, but, you know, my age group is, you know, in the 40s, it's not generally a thing. And so you can only imagine if you're, you're a virgin back then and the guy starts – because guys weren't watching it much either back then either because it was DVD – oh, no, it was VHS. Magazines or, or magazines. And- yeah. And so you kind of knew 
that guys were and it's like we didn't even know about masturbation. We went to a Catholic school, you know, so there was a lot of like surprise element to actually having sex. It's bad enough that you have to get naked and take your clothes off and then do the thing if that's your first experience as a, as a girl, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then you've got some guy coming in with completely different ideals and not seeing you at all, not worrying about he's just ripping his clothes off because he's been tugging himself every day since he was like 14, you know, and it's like <laughs> it's just a, a mismatch of, yeah. you know, what's going on. Now the slapping, this is why I wrote the book, is because the average date that turned to sex in the dating scene ends up with some kind of violence in in sex. Um, And that's from me and talking to my friends and doing a bit of research. Um, We collected a whole lot of stories from girls and women and that's that's the problem is that men, you know, we're blaming them because it's toxic but is it their fault because it's all they've seen? Mm. And so, you know, I've met men who um, in the past were conscious leaders in masculine industry, in the coaching industry. You know, and one thing's led to another and you ended up, you know, um, having sex with them and there was choking and hair pulling and, you know, and erectile dysfunction and like disconnect. And and I, I've just been in shock a lot in the past um, and I've heard these stories from women a lot. It's, it's a thing. This is why we have to have these um, consent and boundary conversations is I used to have to go into a date saying, if you pull my hair, I'm going to stab you in the nuts. Like I had to like, I know it sounds emasculating, but... I didn't know how to have those conversations. I didn't know how to have a consent conversation because they would just do it. And there's no time in that moment and and you go into trauma and Mm. it's like, and then what? Then you're having sex while you're traumatised because you don't want the confrontation. So you don't want to stop. You don't say anything. It's too late. And then those sessions just kept happening and it's happening. All these teenagers that are seeing me, I can't go into too much detail and there's confidentiality, but – these girls um, are having very similar experiences, 22-year-olds seeking out 15-year-olds online, you know, hair pulling. It's, it's like there's it's, – it's all bad. Um, and I'm educating them, which is quite interesting because I never had any sex education as a, as a teen. Um, and so I guess I'm paying that forward now and practising on my mortified teenager. <laughs> and she's just – she goes red. She goes, I know we have to talk about this, but I'm so embarrassed. And I'm like, it's okay. I don't cope with this either. Yeah. So we have to teach the parents how to have the conversations with the girls, what's normal and what isn't and how to say no before it gets into a violent situation. That's, I think, the really important thing that I'm getting from this, like is that consent issue or topic to, to discuss because like I said to you and I'm just now as I'm sitting here I'm just thinking about all these encounters in my past mm. but it's been all those things we've mentioned like that that's been requested so so many times yeah before I've gone to do it it's yeah. been requested pull my hair yeah spank me yeah like, I've had like <laughs> sorry <laughs> well I mean I've had I've had like I remember like I've had girls say spit in my mouth like yeah. slap me on the face like, yeah this, which I which I couldn't even do because yeah. I don't want to do that yeah can I ask you when, no, no, no. It's, it's not. I don't yeah, want to ask a personal question that. about that. <laughs> but how did you? Where was your sex education? Because well, I, 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 I never got no. sex, edu- sex education. Wow. At no. school, even at your age. Yep. Yep. No, um, we didn't. We, well, we not, went to the same school. Not from my parents. Like it just. Yeah. I never. I just had to uh, work I, it out. Yeah. yeah. Well, we come from similar backgrounds too. Yep. So Doss is Catholic. Yep. My background's Christian. Yep. Similar. Same. So yep. again, didn't want to talk about it. Mm. Did you cover it in science at school? Like reproduction? 
I so I think production. what happened with me is I moved from one school to another school, and in yep. that transition, I've missed it. Yep. We did miss it. <laughs> like I miss fractions yeah. when I went overseas. Like, honestly, yeah. yeah, I missed a lot of maths. I think. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. No. Well, we didn't because our school. I remember. I remember the one and only sex education class I had at my high school was uh, quite a young. She probably was our age. Our age now, yeah. so 27, 28. Yeah. And she was very – she came from a very feminist kind of way. So every guy in the class – like I remember looking at my mate and going like, what the hell? Like we're made to feel like bad people. Okay. And we, and we had an – like we're sitting – like all 14-year-olds, I'm guessing pretty much everyone's a virgin, maybe not, but majority would be. Yeah. And we're being told like – and she's, she was just speaking to the women. Don't – you know, if you're kissing on a couch – don't think that it's not going to go further. Make sure you do this, do that. And in hindsight, it's probably not bad advice for the women, but there was no education towards the men. Yeah, that and then it automatically yeah. by default makes you feel bad um, and that this is uh, something that we shouldn't celebrate, that orgasm isn't a great thing, that yeah, exactly touching right. women is, you know, who who learned about orgasm? I, I've asked lots of people, did you ever learn about orgasm? Masturbation was a hee like, you know, you kind of mm. heard about wanking but you didn't know anyone that did it until you did and then it was like, oh, that's gross kind of thing, like as we were growing up. We had um, reproduction uh, <laughs> um, conversations and we had cross, you know, pictures of the, <laughs> yeah. the penis and the vas deferens and mm. – you know, it was a science kind of thing. And and I remember them saying, you know, if you have a question, put it, pop it in the box, the anonymous box. Really? But they would never answer the questions because they were always about erections, condoms, whatever. And so the Catholic Church wouldn't wouldn't address anything. Yeah. So unless you wanted to ask about sperm motility and like, you know, reproduction and, you know, where did I come from was a video that we were shown, which is little like Pac-Men c- c- cartoons. So, uh, you know, and the ironic thing, I'll share a personal story is I did a, um, a, a TV interview over in Perth years ago and it was with someone who works in my field as well over there and he works with the Muslim community, which is a massive issue in their community because it's banned. They're not allowed to have sex. They're not allowed to have sex before marriage. They're not allowed to masturbate. Porn is is illegal. And so it's a massive thing in the industry. And then the other lady that was sitting with me was from working with kids and consent and boundaries. So we had, the three of us got together in Perth and, you know, it was an amazing experience. But the very first conversation we had was sex education. Anyway, I go home, fast forward, show my mum the recording. Now, (laughs) my mum handed me a teacher's resource, right, a book that had no pictures in it and it was a teacher's book from the teacher's library at school about sex ed and said, there you go, I remember I was sick one day and I remember the couch and everything and I was mortified. She said, if you've got any questions, just just, uh, Mm. ask me. There's no fucking way I'm asking any questions. I don't know what's in this book and I couldn't even take in the information because it wasn't wasn't at my level. Anyway, we're watching the recording (laughs) and mum goes, oh, these parents that don't educate their kids on sex. And I'm like, you didn't even tell me about a period. I was like, she said to me, you can now get pregnant. That was the only thing she said to me. Yay, you're a woman now, you can get pregnant. When When I got my period for the first time and I was like, Wow. And so I thought it was our generation and our parents' generation because it was definitely. But now that you're saying this to me, I'm like, wow, this is this is a massive issue. This is why I want to get into schools. But they won't let me in. <laughs> no, well, because I think it comes from – there's like two different ways I look at it. You've either yeah. got a very progressive look, which which almost says if you're not bisexual, then you're a horrible person. Yeah. Like you need <laughs> to be sleeping with, with everybody and yeah. you need to be attracted to everybody. Blah, blah. And then you've got this kind of other look where it may, may came, come from religion – religious mm. backgrounds or whatever, which is more of a wait until marriage, like, yeah. you know, don't touch yourself, don't 
yeah, it's, it, there's no seem to be in the middle. No. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a clue. If I had kids, I wouldn't have a clue how to educate them. Yeah, and this is the key. So the key to educating your kids, if anyone's watching, um, is you have to have these conversations right from when they're born, right? Well, from when they, they, can, they can talk or understand. Yeah. And because kids will touch themselves. They'll touch themselves in their nappy. They'll, you know, little kids, little babies get erections. And this is like everyone's like, oh, when you start talking about this, people freak out. You know, I remember my ex-husband freaked out the first time he had to change a nappy because there was shit everywhere and he's like I have to wipe all inside and around her genitals and he called it a box because he didn't know how oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, and I go, um, so it's not a box, but it's like we, we don't know how to talk about this. And I was like, he must feel mm. weird changing her nappy because there's so much shit in society about pedophilia and, yeah. um, you know, what what's good touch, what's bad touch. Like if you're changing a nappy, you've just got to get in there and, and you get used to it and, it, and, you know, it changes. But when, the, when my daughter was, you know, in the shower, it, it's just – they stare at you. They stare at your body parts mm. and they ask questions and the trick is you let them lead. If they ask a question, you have to answer it. You don't okay. call it your front bottom and your back bottom. You call it the pri- you know private parts yeah. is fine but you go into the actual detail. That's a penis and that's a vagina. I've educated my daughter on male anatomy because she needed to know more so – about erections, what's normal, what isn't, what's circumcision, what isn't, like what do testicles do because we're not telling the girls what the boys do and the boys are definitely not learning about vaginas, that's for sure. No. What about, what about nicknames? I think, I, think, I think I used to call oh. my, my, my penis Nicky Knackers. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Legit. Yeah. And then I think there's actual video footage of um, my, my little sister, Camille, when she was a baby. And I think she had like a rash yes. down there, or something. And, yep. and I said, as a two-year-old, I said, "Oh, Kimmy's got a sore nicky knackers," <laughs> like, yep. but, she, but she's a, a girl, that, you yeah, know. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. My daughter said, um, because whenever we had changed her nappy, we had said, "You've got a rash." She actually associated the word "rash" with the name for her vagina. She'll be mortified that I'm talking about this. So she, her first thing was like, "I've, I've, uh, it's my rash, my rash." She thought it was called her rash mm. and then her little friend would come over and the little friend this was when they were about four or five was calling it her flower right and I'm like oh my god <laughs> and the fruit there was another girl wow. that came over that would call it her fruit and I was like okay wow. I don't know what to tell these parents because I work in this field it's very hard not to give people advice but it's like so is she gonna do a cherry or like what what you know and so I'm seeing the teenagers now of the parents who have not educated their kids and these these and I keep trying to encourage the teens to be transparent with their parents I'm trying to you know soften the parents so that they'll take in this information but you know we have to, we have to educate kids otherwise it's it's just you know absolutely ridiculous sending them out into the world I didn't even know what an erection was mm. I didn't know a penis went up <laughs> And over in the jeans, you know. So it's like, where's it gone? Why isn't it hanging between the legs? Yeah. Like, you know, that's your Catholic, typical Catholic education. Um, you're learning on the job is when you it was is your sex education. So, yeah. you know, we need to change that. What I want to do as well is link the original interview we did with you in this podcast, so people can yep. go back and listen because we dive really deep into porn addiction and what and how it affects men. And I yep. want to still touch before we let this interview go about your work with women mm-hmm. but yep. 
Tell us a little bit about your latest kind of discoveries in terms of your what you've been educating yourself on and learning because this is quite interesting. So porn addiction causes brain damage and if the brain is in 100% of cases and uh, that doesn't mean you're you know retarded and brain damaged, those words are normally like what? It causes more damage to the frontal lobe than heroin addiction and so it affects the part of the brain that's responsible for decision making, focus, concentration, memory but also also emotional expression and so we all go into this world thinking that men can't talk about their feelings they can't process things and and that's why and I've discovered that's why and if we look at the stats that from my survey results 97% of men were watching porn regularly I've also looked at other research and other people have done surveys within their groups and it all came back 97 98 and that was with men and women are watching porn regularly and so if the people that are watching porn regularly, and let's look at men alone, are 97%, they've all got brain damage and the part of the brain where the um, anxiety and depression comes from is the frontal lobe and they can't speak about how they feel about things because that part of the brain is being damaged, then let's look at suicide. All right? And why, do, why are men, 80% of men killing themselves and, and that higher rate of the men that have the brain damage, then you know the brain damage of the porn addiction then turns into alcohol you know, addiction and other addictions, drug addiction, etc. And so, you know, you've got this addicted brain that's causing brain damage all throughout their lives and then they're killing themselves. So that's one of the discoveries. The other one is um, watching porn causes problems with the prostate and I've linked prostate cancer to porn addiction and uh, there'll be a few comments about this, no doubt, but I've done some prostate kind of courses and things. I've looked at it from a metaphysical point of view and also a physical point of view. And so when you ejaculate, you lose half your daily zinc. Uh, your zinc is your number one mineral for men, so it helps you produce testosterone. So if there's a whole lot of guys out there going to the gym, but then they're depleting themselves through ejaculation and they're not taking zinc supplements, and it's a no-brainer. If you want to if you want to increase your testosterone, take zinc. That's why boxers would stay away from sex and yeah. masturbation before. So, yeah. so are you saying someone who goes in the gym, lifts weights and trains and wants to lift heavy, if he's masturbating every day, yeah. he's not lifting as heavy as he probably could? He's not. Yeah, if you want to perform at a high level, yeah. whether it's a CEO or lifting yeah. weights or, you know, what running a race or, you know, running a business, then – semen retention is is a good idea mm. for that reason alone for the minerals that you lose the other thing you lose is selenium selenium keeps the prostate healthy so there's a whole lot of doctors out there saying that men need to ejaculate once every 21 days no sorry 21 days out of a month i think they were saying you have to ejaculate to to keep the prostate healthy it's actually the opposite yeah i've um, heard that yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I address that in my book. It's very technical. There's a lot of studies. There's a lot of numbers. And I pulled it apart and it didn't make any sense to me in terms of what they were claiming because they were asking men in their 40s to remember how often they were ejaculating when they are in their teenage years and they were attributing – you know, the the lack of the prostate issue to the lack of ejaculation as they got older, whether I'm like, hang on a second, you've been ejaculating since you were young. Let's look at what ejaculation does to that. So you lose your selenium, which keeps the prostate healthy. The other thing that you do when you produce too much oxytocin, too much serotonin, too much des uh, testosterone and too much dopamine that causes problems in the prostate, all right? And so I've just got some stuff here. BPH is benign prostatic hyperplasia. It's, so it's an enlargement of the prostate causing difficulty in urinating um, as well as bladder and kidney problems. And you produce too much sex oxytocin, that's what you're going to 
have happened to you. So all these guys, you know, wanking every day and, and getting this hit and we're looking at the depletion and the addiction, but what if all of this good stuff is causing a problem as well? When you have too much serotonin, it actually decreases sexual motivation. So that's libido and stuff. You know, when guys, uh, prolactin goes up in the body when you ejaculate, prolactin causes erectile dysfunction. So that slump, uh, that hangover, ejaculation hangover you feel after you have sex or after you masturbate and you can roll over, go to sleep, go back to work, concentrate, whatever you want to call it, relaxation, tension release, that is what causes erectile dysfunction as well. So it it's one, you know, it's like chicken and the egg situation. It's interesting you say that because for the last like month, I've been getting um, what's called like restless leg syndrome, like yep. really restless legs. And like I'm a bit of a anxiety freak. So if something doesn't feel right, I'm always Googling or always <laughs> going to the doctor. Or, Dr. Google, yeah. Um, and one of the things they said was like I was on Reddit and like everyone, especially males that had the same thing, they said they felt better when they masturbated or they ejaculated. Yeah. So it's – it's um, <laughs> we coined it the, uh, the demon seed, right? Yeah. It's like get rid of the demon seed, especially around um, anxiety. There was a client that came in and actually called it that um, and he was right into like extraterrestrials and like all of the stuff and he's like, I just have to rub one out. I have to get it out. And it's like you feel better and, and that's what's happening. So when you're masturbating, you've got this – um, especially to porn, you've got this increase of, you know, chemicals, but what goes up must come down. And when it crashes, you feel relaxed, you feel like you've had a drink, like, but that what's happening there is the prolactin is going up, which is the, the relaxing kind of hormone. The serotonin decreases sexual motivation, inhibits sexual behaviours and causes men to have trouble reaching orgasm and ejaculation. What about then, sorry, I was just going to say then, because I feel that, feeling after I have sex as well though. Yeah, exactly. It's the same. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm ready to sleep. Yeah, so what ha- <laughs> what, what's happening there is so you've just lost millions of sperm, all right, and your body needs to reproduce millions of sperm that you've just lost and so it requires energy to do that. So just like the thymus will shut the body down when you start getting a cold. You know that first day of the cold where mm. you like feel like I've been hit by a truck? That's the thymus identifying bacteria or viruses or whatever in the body and shutting you down to fight, right? And this is the bit where you're meant to go to bed and you're meant to rest. But in our society, we're like, no, we'll just take cold flu and we'll just keep going and you're pushing the body past its point of what it's meant to be Mm. doing. So your testicles have to go into this what we call ejaculation hangover. They require energy to produce more sperm. And so they're drawing energy from the body to do that and that's why you feel relaxed and tired. There's a lot of reasons. You've also lost your vital life force. So your life force or your chi is is released through semen or through blood or tears. So if you're crying a lot, you'll feel exhausted. If you're had a car accident, you need a blood transfusion, then you'll be depleted of your chi. So, so going back to the ejaculation part then, so how often should somebody be ejaculating? Because like uh, um, you'll probably remember this, when we were in England, we met this guy in, uh, in one of our hostels and he was part of the NoFap movement and he'd yeah. been going like two years, but he was... Good on you, Richard. <laughs> Shout out to Richard. <laughs> he, was, uh, he, was, he was a strange kind of bloke, full yeah. conspiracy theorist, blah, blah, blah. But he, he was very much like, it was almost anti-women, kind of like no woman will take this from me. Like, mm. you know, when I finally do, it'll... It was it was borderline strange. How long did he go for? It was like on two years. Yeah, and he was probably of the belief around testosterone and all this kind of stuff. So how often? Where's the healthy balance? How often should we be ejaculating? So this is why I don't support or back nofap because a 
most of the guys on NoFap don't understand this type of information. So they don't know how their body works. They don't know what they're doing. It's like going on a diet. You just put your brain straight into scarcity. I went on a diet once. By that night, I was eating a whole lot of cakes and I was like, wow, I'm not going on a diet anymore because you go into that scarcity mindset and it only took me a day and that was it. I, you know. And so when you're coming down off a porn addiction, you'll be tired because you actually don't have good energy you don't have your sexual energy really really high even though you feel like you've got a high sex drive that's the addiction running the show and so when you come down off that porn which is what nofap is you go without porn masturbation orgasm you just throw the baby out with the bathwater. healthy masculinity goes out the door learning to self-pleasure without ejaculation is something i teach and you can then have multiple orgasms and so the classic term semen retention, the definition is actually learning to have orgasm without ejaculation. And so you practice that with a partner or you, practice, you have to practice in can by you, yourself yeah, can first. Can you define that or explain that a little bit deeper? Because a lot yep. of people, including myself, did not understand <laughs> that concept. Yeah, so ejaculation and orgasm occur at the same time for most people, but they are separate processes, right? So one's a reproductive function. So you're producing sperm from the prostate and the testicles and you're ejaculating. So it's reproductive. The orgasm is the feeling, right? And so when guys come in, they're like, but I don't want to give up you know, that it feels good to ejaculate. I'm like, yeah, that's the orgasm, right? So it's using, it's not one in the same. They're two separate processes. And so we teach men to, an orgasm in is, is an energy kind of situation going on in the body. It's the buzzy kind of feeling. It's, it, it starts to occur just below your belly button, and it's it, which is the sacral chakra, which is your sexual chakra, and it starts to like build up. Yes, it's triggered by genitals and, and whatever else. Some people it's nipples, you know, whatever. But people can have orgasm without genital stimulation. And I've even had one. So that was interesting, having a massage and, and ending up in an orgasm and she wasn't even touching any – it was energy and it was just a build-up of sexual energy over time without masturbating and it just started to run through my body and I laid there like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, wow. Don't move, don't say anything, don't grunt, don't, you know, don't clench, don't – and I and because of that I actually learnt this firsthand, even though I'm not a man, is the energy and the orgasm ran up through my body, which is what energy and orgasm is meant to do. Is that Kundalini? Kind of. It's running up through the chakra system. Okay. Kundalini is your snakes that are your core energy up your spine, which is your sexual energy, okay. right? When we activate Kundalini, guys don't feel like watching porn. But an orgasm generates below the belly button for everyone, male or female, and then it runs, it's meant to run up through the body. So you're meant to feel like you're having an enlightened experience, like the lids are blowing, about to blow off your head, or your whole body's blowing out sideways. That's how orgasm is meant to feel. But guys that watch porn just have a, like a localised kind of orgasm there with just ejaculation sometimes and we call that an empty ejaculation mm, where it, sure. they don't even I call it the speed hump orgasm where they're like did I just run over something like what, <laughs> what just happened I've had a few of those yeah, yeah. or when you've been on drugs all yeah. night and then you try and masturbate for five hours and you know you really hurt yourself and you eventually have an orgasm and it's like wow what was the point of that you know that's because you're depleted in sexual energy you've got nothing behind it to kind of you know move it up through the body but to answer your question once a week is my recommendation okay so there's no right or wrong and the thing is uh in terms of masturbation there is absolutely once a week it's not to clean out your pipes it's to it's when you don't have to ejaculate as a man it's a it's a myth it will come out through your urine um and or go back into your body and it's perfectly safe for that to happen that's that's really 
Interesting information. Yeah. So every 13 days, on average, a man has to ejaculate or the ejaculation and you might have um, a wet dream, for example. So that's your body going, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, that's, your bo- that's your body doing the thing for you, right? Yeah. And so women can also have these, um, you know, orgasms in their dreams and stuff because the body is just doing what it's going to do. Um, I recommend once a week, but we get you to masturbate a couple of times a week, but not with ejaculation. And so we start to teach the body to separate orgasm ejaculation. And then you start to get like flutters in your tummy and you're like, oh, I think I was about to come. And then you'll get it again and again. And then you'll have multiple. Once you start Mm. to learn how to do this, you can have multiple orgasms. I can't stop thinking now about London. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For Richard and, and Richard, uh, Richard and, yeah. uh, and wet dreams. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, what does that do then? Sorry, to, but that's all right. when, when you do learn these, yep. what does that do for your sex life? So, let's say you sex and your God. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. you and your partner yeah. are, are, can actually do this. Like yeah. you've actually done the work, yeah. and now you understand these concepts and you've yep. implemented it and you can do it. on a scale of one to 10, yep. where does your sex life go from and to? Yeah. So when you learn to have orgasm without ejaculation and you have to do that on your own, you can't just press a button and activate Kundalini. You can't just start having orgasm without ejaculation. So you've got to think, how old are you? How long have you been doing it a certain way? And then we have to undo everything you've been doing and teach you how to breathe differently, move the energy around your body. We teach you sublimation breath. So sublimation breath means sublimation is moving energy to somewhere else for another purpose. So Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill talks about sublimating sexual energy mm-hmm. to to increase wealth. We even teach in the 90-day program you actually masturbate and think about dollars in your bank account. Really? Yeah. And what? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the best books I've ever read, I must admit. Grow Rich. Think and Grow Rich, yeah. Yeah, and I've even tried these things and it works. So so you wow. have – it's training. You have to do it on your own, women and men. So when couples come to see me, they get separate homework. I can't get them to do an intimacy exercise when he's got erectile dysfunction, she hasn't been touched for ages, no one's talking about sex. You know, he might have been watching porn and um, they haven't even talked about it. So you can't just unload an intimacy exercise on someone like that, on a couple like that, and it starts – it's like military training. You have to stick to a schedule. You have to do what I say, you know, because it's all channeled and proven. And, you know, some of the guys contact me and like, oh, I had to go. I booked in to see a doctor and a psychologist and I'm going to go on Viagra and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why? You're doing work with me. And they're like, but I'm just, it's not working. And I'm like, tell me what you're doing and tell me what out of this thing that I gave you, what are you not doing? And all of it, they're not doing it. Mm. And so because my penis doesn't work, I, I just can't face you know, doing the 10 minutes of masturbation homework. I'm like, you have to do it regardless and you have to wallow in whatever comes up around that. And that's that's where I come from as a practitioner versus a coach who's just going to try and talk you through a porn addiction. We get you to – you have to do work on this. It's somatic. It's mind and body. And so when you learn how to do that – and it's funny, like we train up the a lot of the single guys. They're a lot of the ones that do the program. And then, you know, they meet someone through that program and, um, you know, during that time and and, um, I coach them then on how to have that conversation about I've had a porn addiction Mm. in the past, there's a little bit of erectile dysfunction, I'm a bit anxious about sleeping with you because I really like you and having that open conversation and then hitting them with (laughs) the kundalini activation, the ability to orgasm without ejaculation, like women are like, 
what the fuck, you know? And so women need to do this work as well, but it's more surprising coming from the men because we expect as women that you guys are ejaculating when you ejaculate, sex is over, you know, Mm. all that stuff. So if you can not lose your erection and just keep having orgasms, it's like she's going to call a time out because it's too much, you know? And then well, that, that used to be one of my, you know, I'd, I'd have to explain, you know, after 30 seconds, like really, really sorry, but like, you yeah. know, like as an 18 yeah. year old, that's literally what it was like, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's embarrassing for yeah. a lot of young guys. Yeah. And yeah. you have to draw things out. And, and so this is the education that boys need is how to please a woman, how to treat a woman, because the premature ejaculation is a problem for most of them. And mm. And the girls are like taking longer, as we know. You have to warm the oven before you stick the pie in. So <laughs> you have to yep. you have to work with them, and te- you know you got to get them out of their head. You got to warm them up. You got to massage is brilliant for yeah. any scenario, whether you know the person or not. You know because it delays your situation but increases hers. And then you know you've got to rather than going into your mind and thinking about fat women, um, <laughs> Roseanne Barr used to be like a thing. Yeah. That Guys, yeah. you know, I don't know what else. What else do you think yeah. about when you're trying Football, not to come? The, the Western Bulldogs list. Yeah. Uh, not, not their faces or their bodies, but like <laughs> no. just trying to remember their names. Yeah, yeah. 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 Who was number one, two, three, four? four yeah. yeah. And so when you do that, you're not present. Right? Yeah. And when you're not present, she'll feel it. And and yeah. the more we educate women, you know, accepting men and we just all have to start talking. Yeah. You know, we all have to start talking about it during during it. Don't talk about it. Mm. Like, this is the thing. It's not the time to ask, is this good? Does this feel good? I, I don't – there are a lot of people out there who are coaching people in that in that kind of way of go a bit to the left, bit to the right. I, I don't – you take yeah. away passion, connection, intimacy, everything. When yeah. afterwards have a chat or on text, go a bit to the left next time and try this yeah. and because people are embarrassed and they don't – so, so guys used to say to me all the time in the dating scene, they'd like to talk about how good they were in bed and that's a red flag, right? And then you'd be like, okay. And they're like, well, I've never had any complaints. And I'm like, I hate to tell you this, but <laughs> women don't complain. They walk away, right? Mm. They, they put up with it. They don't say anything. Even in a really nasty situation, they will, they'll put up with it and not say anything and then either not see you again or you won't hear from them or they'll just keep sleeping with you because they like you but they're still not going to say anything. And you have to ask yourself, am I about to turn around and say, just that thing you just did, what was that about? And, and you know, pick up the, you know, pick it up, mate, and do this better and do that. Like no one wants to be treated like yeah. that. So, Well, even like what's good in bed, like it's different to everyone. Yeah. And, and, you know, what's what – so the reason I do the work I do is because I'm psychic, I'm connected, I'm sensitive, I've got, you know, abilities and, and things when it comes to energy. So not knowing this when I was younger, I had experiences that were good and bad. And over the time and starting to learn about porn, I started to put it all together and be like, okay, that guy watched porn, that guy didn't. That guy watched porn, that guy didn't. And you can tell the difference. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Um, And there's a big difference in connection, being present, um, leaving your body. And so I've known sex to be a certain way pretty much all my adult life, but not realising that other people didn't know because they're doing it a certain way. Everyone's doing it the way they know how to do it. And unless mm. someone comes along and says, 
actually, we should try this or do this differently or you're reading a book or you're listening to podcasts or you're learning how to activate your body differently, then no one's going to do it any different and we're not going to get criticism and that's not a good way to improve your sex life. So, Mm. you know, we do all this training. We teach men how to communicate, how to work their body, how to have orgasm without ejaculation, multiple orgasms, full body orgasms at the very least. You should be feeling it like all over your body. So, yeah. Amazing. Well, I think Catherine, we're going to have to bring her back and she could be our (laughs) our first three-time guest the Dawson yeah. D show, but before we <laughs> let you go, sure. can you talk a little bit about your book and yep. you've got a new course coming out tomorrow? Yes, yep. So, so let's talk about those. Yep. So the Uncensored Threat: Losing Generations to Pornography is the book. Um, it's available on Amazon and Lulu and on my website. There's a few places you can get it. It's quite large, <laughs> but yeah. it's, it goes into lots of chapters, and you don't have to read it all in the same in the right order. So that's my gift to you today, guys. Looking you forward can, to reading that. You can Catherine. have. That, that book. Love it. That's <laughs> lovely. Keep a lot in the world. That's very nice. Yep. Thank you, Catherine. That's okay. Um, so that's available everywhere. It, it covers all the toxic masculinity. It's It started off as a book for men and it ended up being a book for women, more so than mm. the men. Mm. So everyone needs to read this. And it goes through, you know, relationships. It's got all my research in there. It's all the... The very honest research, which was anonymous, that men came forward and said how they really feel about women and their bodies and it's very confronting to read as a woman. So um, I think it was important that we captured that and Mm. we didn't just make it about porn addiction. It was like, well, what is this doing to the women? Anyway, so I've got a program coming out tomorrow. Um, it's a rebranded version of a previous program and it's um, it's now fully digital. So it's video education and instruction and a whole lot of content in, in terms of what we spoke about today. But uh, the pre-launch is they also get SMS support from me throughout the whole thing. Um, and the pre-launch finishes tomorrow, but I think we're actually going to extend it for a couple of weeks because the offers are, you know, pretty good. So you get $100 off, you get um, an extra 30 days SMS support from me uh, and you get a $50 voucher to work with me. You get an intimacy exercise to do with your partner if you have one. Um, and you get my self-pleasure playlist on Spotify. Oh, so playlist? Yeah, there's a playlist. It's my wow. massage playlist, a, but okay. it's all charm and music. Okay. And, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. not Marvin Gaye. Let's yeah, get no. it on. Barry White. No, no. hot chocolate, you sexy thing. That yeah. would have been yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> and today I'm going to give all of your listeners my two-week challenge, which is a winning program for free. Oh, well, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, so, so I'll, nice. I'll give you that link and they can yeah, we'll um, throw it in the show notes. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Catherine. That's yeah. amazing. That's thank okay. You. No worries. Well, this has been very, very eye-opening for me again. Me too. I mean, I remember the first time was I remember I walked away and I went, geez, D, that was so good. But doing in person, it's a big difference, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Because yep. right. you end up just chatting. Like uh, no, yeah. I feel like yeah. it's weird. I feel like I walk out with more questions than I know. walking in just yeah. because it – but we'll get her on again. Yeah, we will. Yeah, so uh, just get them to ask, ask questions in the in the comments. I'm happy to jump on, yeah. tag me, yeah, and I'll okay. answer them. Um, and if you have any questions, you know, shoot them through to me, and we can even I can do a live and, and tag you guys. Or yeah, something. let's do it live to you. And yeah. it's integrated men's health, isn't integrated it? Integrated men's health. Yep, and I'm in Karam in Melbourne, but 50% of my clients now are online. So overseas, interstate, doesn't matter. Everywhere. So, yeah. So get in touch with me. I give away 15 minute discovery calls. We have a chat. We'll see how we can help you. Mm. Um, there's something for everyone on every budget. So, yeah. Awesome. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for making the trip, Catherine. That's okay. No Appreciate worries. It. Thanks Thank for having you. me. 
D, wasn't that episode just awesome? Oh, mate, I got so much out of it. I'm sure you did too. And of course, thank you to everyone who listened. Guys, if you haven't already, go and subscribe to the podcast over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. For sure. And please leave us a five-star review on Apple. It goes such a long way to helping the show. And of course, you have your chance to get a shout-out. Don't forget to go and follow us over on Instagram as well. What's the Instagram, D? It's at D underscore. D-O-S-A-N-D-D underscore. See you next week. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you in the next episode.